If we're asking for certainty, which we are, where does one find it? In another human being? In an occupation? In a bank account? Where? Conflict only exists when there's separation, when there's a division between a challenge and our response. Kindness is a pathless journey. Love is a pathless journey. We can't technique our way into these spaces. This is the Anonymous Creativity Podcast. The shallowness of one's thinking, the superficiality, the deep and the deeper. As long as there is more and less, it can be measured. Hello. And welcome to the Anonymous Creativity Podcast, Episode 9, Season 2. Each episode this season will continue diving into universal topics such as measurement, meditation, individuality, loneliness, thought, and desire. This week's episode on measurement is entitled, Why Are We Constantly Measuring Our Lives? Why are we constantly measuring our lives? It might be more helpful to start with what it means to actually measure, to dig into the roots of what it means when and why we measure ourselves, both physically and psychologically. To start, let's understand that we are capable of solving our problems without the help of others. Because these problems, however subtle or superficial, they're created by us and can be solved by us if if only we apply our mind and heart to resolve it. That is, of course, if we have the energy, right? So what do we mean by measure? To measure. Distance can be measured. The space between this mountain over there and that one. Thought can be measured. I was this yesterday, am a modified version of yesterday today, and I hope to be this in the future. Thought, being a material process, memories actually being stored within our cells, the cells of our brain, can also be measured. The shallowness of one's thinking, the superficiality, the deep and the deeper, as long as there is more and less, it can be measured. Imitation and conformity can be measured. Even comparison is a form of measurement. In fact, the definition known worldwide of the word measurement is a basis for a reference point against which other things can be evaluated. I mean, looking at the the word meditation, meditation not only means to ponder, to think about, to investigate, but also to measure. And as long as there is measurement, our minds can only function within that narrow or that wide bandwidth of what is being measured. Does that make sense? Our minds, our brains have been trained and are now accustomed to and have fallen into a habit of measurement. We're measuring everything and everyone. 
So the question arises, if we're digging into this together, which I hope we are, can the mind, the brain, the heart, which are all connected, can they be free of measurement? In the small space between the movement of our desire to answer this right away, can we understand that our brain is not our brain? Can we see that these brains, our brains collectively, which have evolved over millions and millions and millions and millions of years, is the common brain of all humanity? Now, initially for most of us, we don't like to hear this. We're accustomed to the idea that we, our brains, we are individuals, my brain, your brain, they're separate. And this concept has been passed down. It's been a constant throughout the millennia. And so the brain has been conditioned in this way. No questions, no inquiring needed. We've come to accept this is just the way of life. This is just how life is. A brain like this is constantly measuring more or less, right or wrong, worst or best, win or lose. These brains of ours are functioning in this repetitive cycle day in and day out. This is an observation. This is a fa These are facts. This is not my opinion. So we can see this very easily in our everyday life physically. Um, when it comes to work, the workman becomes a foreman, and if he's good, he becomes a manager. A priest becomes a bishop, a bishop becomes a cardinal, a cardinal becomes a pope. This is the pattern in which we live, right? Our entire existence has become dependent on this ability to measure ourselves against one another. And what I'm questioning, what I'm questioning now having seen and understood this, is there something beyond measurement? And this question begs to begs another question to be asked is, how are we going to find out? How are we going to find out if there is something beyond all measurement, something beyond all time? Because time is also measurement. Yesterday, today, tomorrow, it's constantly moving. So is there something beyond time? Is there something beyond thought? Because thought is time, right? The process of thought is measurable. It takes place over time. It's born out of memory. It's born out of experience, accumulated knowledge. Our entire conditioned, conditioned past. This process is a, is a material process because in the very cells of the brain, these memories are stored. This intellectual knowledge is stored. So everything these memory, these memories create is a, is a material process. As long as thought is measuring, moving in measurement, there can be nothing other than more measuring. The root of this discussion, this conversation is, can all measurement end? Can comparing ourselves to other people and things come to an end? If we observe our life, our lives from childhood, we can clearly see that 
We've been trained to compare. Better marks in school leading to advanced or less advanced classes, colleges and universities, which lead to the various and prestigious, you know, degrees. And we forget the meaning of that word prestige, which is marked by illusion, conjuring or trickery, which I find fascinating. An illusion not meaning that it doesn't exist. Illusion just meaning it's, we're not seeing what is actually present. These are all, again, just forms of measurement, competitiveness. Can we psychologically stop comparing altogether, completely? Can it end immediately? Not tomorrow, not the next day, which is again a form of measurement, but right now. The comparing, the imitating, the conforming, the thinking, they're all on this same wavelength of movement. It's all the same movement. Can this movement end totally? And when we compare it, when we're in this mode of comparison, comparison always involves aggression, competition, and I'm better than you attitude, right? And let's say we have insight into this movement of measurement. Insight, as we're taught, being the accumulation of knowledge we have stored in our brains, the understanding of the structure of that accumulated knowledge being based on the past, which is measurable. So what we're saying is this is not insight. Insight is the total perception of the whole complex movement of measurement. We can have insight only when we perceive it without previous knowledge. If we're using our accumulated knowledge, which is the past, it's now comparative. It's now measurable. So insight is not measurable. When there's a measureless insight, there's an unfolding of the entire movement of comparison, the entire movement of imitation, the entire movement of conformity. It's not only seen, we not only see it, but it ceases immediately from the action of seeing. So what is beyond measurement then? When we've understood and we've seen all this, there must be freedom from fear, right? Deep-rooted, conscious or unconscious fear. And fear is a problem that can be observed and it can be resolved because at its roots, not the various branches and the leaves. At its roots, fear is time. I'm afraid of tomorrow. I'm afraid of what has happened in my past. I'm afraid of the the physical pain which I've had and the fear that I might experience it again. This whole physical phenomenon of pain. And psychologically as well. I've done something wrong, thinking about how the other person will react. Psychological fear is also time. I'm afraid of dying. Currently I'm alive, but I have to dread what might happen at those final moments and I taking my final breaths. Again, this is a form of measurement. The root of fear is time and thought. Now having insight into this is the ending of that total fear. 
And when we end fear, what is left? What is there? If the ending of fear, which means there's an understanding of time and the ending of sorrow, if the ending of fear is not clear, if the brain is not afraid of this understanding, then there must be something more. But do we see how easily we want to be assured? We want to be uh, guaranteed. It's like that Casio watch that I'm wearing right now. It claims to have a 10-year battery life. I feel assured that it will last those 10 years. I feel assured at just seeing, or at least the claim being made. And we have the same attitude around understanding and seeing this ending of fear. It's a terrific commercial mentality of if I do this, what will I get? If I see and understand the ending of fear, what will I get? If it's worth my time, and again, the word time, measurement, <laughs> what will I get? Can you guarantee that when I see and understand this movement of measurement, all my fears will dissolve? We like that guarantee. We've been trained to like that guarantee. And the beauty behind all of this is there is no guarantee. There are no guarantees. Well, we have to do this for ourselves, not for receiving, for the, uh, the receiving of something. And this is extremely difficult for most people. So we, we give up this in order to receive that, right? Whatever it is, enlightenment, nirvana, a better position in life, uh, title, heaven, all the rest. And all these things that we're receiving constantly, day in and day out, are just, you know, they're, they're furthering the acts of this measurement. So the question still remains, can our minds, our brains, be free from all measurement? including our relationship with one another, which is much more difficult, much more complexity there. To be free of all of this is to be measureless. And then something totally different takes place. And the interesting thing is, is if we attempt to describe that which has taken place beyond measure, it ceases being beyond measurement. Does that make sense? It's, indescri it's indescribable. It's like we can describe a mountain. We can describe its shape. We can describe its lines. We can describe its shadows. We can paint it. We can write a poem about it. We can describe it. All of these things, though, are not the mountain. Think of it. We're sitting in the valley, and we're looking at this mountain, and we're saying to someone, anyone, Please, tell me about this mountain. We're perfectly capable of walking there for experiencing it for ourselves, but we don't. Why? Because we want to remain comfortable, secure, safe. 